0: We we just had a friend of ours leave this world. Maybe you can tell us about that incident and and how this lesson can teach us something. How we can see that.
1: Yeah, a mutual friend of us was. Uh, she lived in Czech Republic, but she's actually you know raised in Poland. Doesn't matter. But anyway, she's been following this process of Bhakti Yoga for years. So she started feeling bad one day and the next headache, I think, and the next day she was feeling really bad, couldn't get out of bed, splitting headache, throwing up, et cetera. And then later that day, she went into a coma. And of course, they called an the ambulance. She was living with her son and called the ambulance and the, the, they took her to the hospital and you know, they they diagnosed her as having a brain tumor. And so the following day was uh, arranged for them to operate, which they did. She never came out of that coma. They operated the next day. And when they, you know, went in, they found out that her brain was already dead.
0: Leaving this body is a reality that we will all have to face someday. So how to prepare for that in the best way. Welcome to the Breaking Trail podcast with me, Ruben and my friend and teacher Balakia. This is where you learn to navigate life's journey through ancient wisdom. Exactly.
1: You know, Oh, let's be good guys. And, you know, just get along with each other. But the, the only way you're going to really achieve that is go to we're all spirit souls. We're all, you know, part and parcel of the supreme soul. All children of God and, you know, different families, different colors, different creeds, different whatever, whatever. But underneath all that, we're all family. and And that's the only solution. Yeah. So...
0: And that's, I mean, that's where we're going to talk about the topic of death today. And that's, you know, that's the big solution to deal with the death of a loved one, isn't it? To realize that there's a huge step to realize, wow, I'm actually not my body. This person leaving me is not their body either.
2: Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that foundation of knowledge will cover every aspect of life in the material world. I mean, there's no facet of material life. It's not, you know, traceable back to this foundation of we are not the body, we're spirit souls, you know. And all this material differences is just false perception. It's, it's not true. You know? And you know even right up to the time of death if you're still thinking you're the body death is the most horrific experience of all experiences you know it's a it's the one experience that everybody's trying to avoid with the yeah. exception of of the those who are so you know over life so to speak i mean life is so miserable and unhappy and there's, there's no light at the end of the tunnel of life for that they can even perceive that they just decide death is better than life. Non-existence is better than existence.
3: yeah you know
1: so they're actually you know diving in or embracing death, but mm-hmm. with a false hope that it'll end everything, it'll just everything will be over. Exactly. All suffering, all pain, all misery, everything that is causing me so much difficulty will be finished. It'll all be finished. Yeah. You know, but again, <laughs> that's a bodily identification illusion as well. You know. We are the body and when the body is finished, I'm finished. But of course, we're never finished, we're eternal spirit souls and you kill the body, and that's just nothing. It's like taking off your shirt, you know, and you're, you're still you. You know, you just got on your undershirt now, just took off the top layer. <laughs> <laughs> you still got on your undershirt, the second identity, you know. So, this Vedic knowledge is you know, not only interesting and valuable, but it's it's necessary to be able to even understand anything about life. All these people, I mean, I just saw, you know, a video about this person who went to some far, far north Russian village way above the Arctic Circle by skis. He's from St. Petersburg, and you know, multiple days and, and, you know, blizzards and whatever, whatever. And so he's a blogger, and I guess, you know, he's going to capitalize on the whole thing on his blog, but he uh, his justification or whatever reason for doing it or was, you know, I'm trying to learn more about myself, you know. But all they're doing is learning about, how tough they are mentally, or what limitations their body has, or how much exactly. suffering can they endure, you know, yeah. without cracking, and can they survive it and you know, but that's about the body, you know yeah. it's not about the spirit soul, so you're not really learning about yourself, yeah you know, yeah, you learn about the mind, you know all these endurance athletes will tell you that. You know, you go to really dark places on during the, you know, event, yeah. you know, and then you have really great highs where everything is, you know, so bright and so wonderful. But it's all just journeys into different depths of the mind. Mm. Mm. And uh, so, in other words, they're not achieving what they think they're achieving, you know oh, I know so much about myself now, you know, but they don't really.
0: Well, you didn't. I I, I guess you have to realize that there's a requirement of like, maybe you need some help from some external source, you can't simply do that on your own only by experiencing hard things, and then you're gonna just magically know who you are. It's, it's kind of like, whichever subject you learn, like you have to study some 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 book and some teacher you need you need some philosophy to follow you know
1: and a person Uh, can have have out-of-body experiences
0: you know i was just gonna i was just gonna and i I think another danger of that is you know i went to the military service for a year in in sweden which was tough And, and i'm you know in the far north the coldest winter in 40 years a lot of challenges carrying heavy things a hunt it's called a, like a hunter platoon out in the forest and just running around sleeping in tents and basically like learning guerrilla warfare <laughs> you know really but i think a danger of that also is because sure, I learned a lot of things. I really learned how to where my limit goes, and like I will never experiencing anything as challenging to that. So I I know that that I have like the frame of reference to go back to when things are hard. But it's still like one aspect is spiritually. I, I uh, like I didn't have any gain in that term. And the other thing is that you might very easily brag about it or be proud about it or make make you higher. Like you said. You know, me.
1: Yeah, or it makes you more self-reliant, so to speak, and and so you feel invincible or you don't need, let's That's say, true. God in your life. I mean, I can take care of myself kind of thing.
0: Exactly. You know, I've exactly. been
1: through this and this and this and survived and, you know, even became stronger as a result of it. So I'm becoming so more, you know, self-sufficient in in terms of I don't need any help from from God. In other words, it takes us in the wrong direction, so we become, well, proud or arrogant or just feeling invincible almost, you know, and, and not feeling like dependent, you know, whereas, you know, spiritual advancement is indicated by, I know I am a dependent person eternally and i need that help that protection that shelter you know that guidance from from god himself you know and without that you know i'm just as vulnerable as as anybody so, so. yeah it's uh, it can have it can it can take us in the wrong direction like you pointed out and that's a good point
0: so we 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 just had a friend of ours leave this world. Maybe you can tell us about that incident and and how this lesson can teach us something how we can see that and how we can help someone who is in that process.
1: Yeah, a mutual friend of us was uh she lived in Czech Republic, but she's actually you know raised in Poland. doesn't matter. But anyway, she's been following this process of bhakti yoga for years. I don't know exactly how many years, but certainly, you know, 10, 15 or so. And uh so she started feeling bad one day. And the next headache, I think, and the next day she was feeling really bad, couldn't get out of bed, splitting headache, throwing up, etc. and then Later that day, she went into a coma. And, of course, they called an ambulance. She was living with her son and called the ambulance and the, the, they took her to the hospital. And, you know, they, they diagnosed her as having a brain tumor. And so the following day it was uh, arranged for them to operate, which they did. She never came out of that coma. They operated the next day and when they you know, went in, they found out that her brain was already dead. So oh. they just said, there's nothing we can do. You know, that's it. So she, they, she was on life support. And then, uh, you know, they arranged that they were going to unplug her from life support at a certain time. So, of course, when this word got out, you know, her friends who also follow this process know, you know, a lot, you know, about death, you know, and if one is dying or if you're the one who is dying, what to do, you know, not just throw your hands up and say, God, please help or save or whatever, but actually practical things, you know, to help this spirit soul, you know, leave this mortal tabernacle. And so her friends came and You know, luckily the hospital allowed them to come into her room where she was. She's still in a coma. And so they were chanting to her and, you know, putting, making sure she had on Tulsi neck beads, you know, because Tulsi, as we've mentioned before, is, you know, a very sacred plant and, and the wood from the Tulsi plant you know, protects a person spiritually, so, you know, that's why those who are understanding these truths, they always wear neck beads, because, you know, (laughs) one never knows when that moment is going to come, and when they leave the body, so, anyway, they had the neck beads on, and she was initiated by our spiritual master, her initiation beads were there, and Etc. Etc. et cetera. In other words, everything was prepared, you know, forms of, of Krishna and her spiritual master, you know, were there as well. And then they, uh, the doctor could see, she was in the room with uh, another patient who uh, had the television on and so on like this and, you know, although they had earphones on her so she could, you know, hear the chanting, uh, which is very important to be able to hear the chanting at that time. The doctor saw because of the beads and the the mantras and, you know, the pictures and so on, that she was, you know, a real special spiritual person. So he arranged to move her into a private room where she could be alone. You know with her yeah. friends and yeah. and helpers caretakers and uh so they unplugged her from life support and eighteen minutes later after that she left her body and oh, uh but you know it was it was a a glorious death, so to speak, for many reasons i mean just take it from the physical angle, she didn't you know with brain tumors you can you know be in the body for some length of time up to a year two three years depending you know and you're dealing with all you know the the inconveniences of where things happen of you know trying to cure it and you know whatever approach they make the chemotherapies or the radiations or all that and you know maybe a natural cure route and you know it's really involved and of course there's a lot of pain and and, and also disorientation and seizures and all kind of things go with brain tumors, you know, no. very unpleasant events in every sense of the word. And you lose more, you know, awareness of who you are and you might even develop very strange behaviors that would never be your behavior otherwise. And uh, so anyway, she avoided all that, you know. It was like only two or three, I don't know, three or four days from the initial event until she left her body. So it was very fortunate in that respect. And she was fortunate to have, you know, friends who knew what to do, you know, because she's unconscious. I mean, she can't arrange things. She can't, you know, be praying and looking at forms and chanting herself and so on. I mean, she's unconscious. But her friends knew what to do, and, of course, you know, hearing is the last sense of all the senses to shut down. So even when a person's in a coma, they can still hear. Yeah. So, you know, her friends arranged for the the situation to be as, as favorable as possible with the chanting and the forms and, you know, the beads on the neck and, you know, them there for her. You, she, Her perception may have been such she could perceive the help and, the love and the care you know and and bringing the reminder to her of the supreme lord and her spiritual master and who she really is and you know all the things that we need to know at the time of death you know but she had been preparing for this you know since she began the whole process because from the get go this is part of the teaching You know, now is the time to inquire about the absolute truth, to know who you are, to know, you know, what to do every day to develop this long-lost relationship with the Supreme Lord, to use your body and mind and all the energy and facilities you have to, you know, serve the Lord and and do the things that are, you know, ask. To be done by the who, person who knows your spiritual master, and and the supreme Lord speaking to us through Scripture and the Lord in the heart. In other words, it's it's a daily preparation,
0: and not just at the end of. It's the not moment, just
1: wait but... till it happens and then scramble, mm, you know.
0: And hope for the best. <laughs>
1: and and the the example that I think all of us can relate to is is going to especially universities, high schools you know, it's not so much involved there, you can just kind of get through, but university, <laughs> if you're serious, I mean, you're trying to get a degree, you know, and like I say, if you're serious, you know, you want you don't want to fail, you want to get that degree. I mean, it costs you a lot of money to be there, you know, yeah. and that's what you're there for, hopefully, and not so much the case for many people, but, you know, so you study every day because you know, at the end of this course, whatever that course may be you're taking, or you know, usually five or six of them, you know, each semester, you've got exams along the way. You've got little exams, and then you've got the final exam, you know. And you want to pass that exam, but if you study every day, it's not a big trauma. You know, okay, it's final exams, but you've prepared every day. You've learned your lessons as you go along. The teacher told you to learn this, learn that. Little quizzes along the way that, you know, you either knew it or you didn't know it. So you knew where you needed to do the work. And the final exam is like, okay, yeah, you put in a little extra effort, you know, but, you know, you're not just stressed out to the end and, you know, afraid and whatever. And you go in and you take the test, and obviously you pass because you prepared. But if you didn't prepare, you're one of the guys who went there for the parties and the good times and, you know, all the, the social stuff that goes with university. And you didn't study, but here comes the final exam, and you got to learn a whole semester's worth of information in a week, you know, and you're cramming, you're staying up all night, you're taking, you know, different you know, stimulants to stay awake and et cetera, et cetera, and it's, it's just such a hell. And then you go in there, and y- even if you do pass, you've just, you know, been through a tragic event, and many times you don't pass because you just were not ready. You know, it was total stress out that could have been prevented. Well, what's the real exam of life is death. I mean, that's really the final exam. If you don't pass your university exam, you know, you can repeat the course, you can, you know, decide it's not worth it, you can just quit, you know, whatever, whatever. You know, there's a few options. But with death, it's the final exam, and it's, you know, this is it, you know. And, but if you've prepared, like our friend Goswami Dasi did, you know, it it wasn't that event, and she didn't have time to study, I mean, come on! She just goes into a coma, you know—headache, nausea, feeling bad, coma, boom. Wow.
0: So. And she didn't know any of this before. Like, like she didn't she didn't know that this is. I mean, that's so quick. Yeah, yeah it's so quick. That. Yeah.
1: Wow. Very quick. I mean, this is what I was told by those who were with her. Mm. You know. Mm. So, she didn't have time to prepare. She didn't get the warning like some cancer patients get. Okay, you've got stage two cancer. Okay, now it's stage three. Okay, now it's stage four. You know, you've maybe had two, three years, five years, you know, whatever number of years, you know, at least some time to say, okay, I better get it together now. And most people don't even in those cases because they don't know how to get it together. You know, stage four cancer, you got six weeks to live. And you're scrambling to get your financial situation and your family taken care of and, you know, make all the different arrangements, you know, draw up the will and, you know, all these material arrangements, you know. So very few yeah. people actually just settle down to, you know, trying to to come to that spiritual readiness, Yeah. you know. I mean, they don't even know that. That's just like, okay, death is going to come and it's going to be over. I mean, this is the normal atheistic understanding of death. So, you know, even if you have time, you usually don't use it correctly. I know a person who was diagnosed with lung cancer because he worked in asbestos for a long time. That was his profession. And so asbestos, you know, is very carcinogenic for the lungs. So he had lung cancer and what did he do? He booked a vacation. You know, where he wanted to, he always wanted to go to Europe and, you know, see Paris and London and, you know, Rome and whatever, whatever. So he he booked this whole itinerary while he still could, you know, and that was his preparation, you know. Just enjoy it to the end and then, you know, I can die saying I went to all those places. So, like I say, even if you've got advanced warning, if you don't have knowledge— that advanced warning is misused also. Wow. <laughs> but, you know, in this bhakti yoga teaching, you know, we say the advanced warning begins at birth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, you're born, you're actually gonna die one day as well. You know that when you get born. That <laughs> says wow. in Bhagavad Gita, you know, the
1: second <laughs> chapter, for one who is born, death is certain. And for one who dies, birth is certain. See, so, you know, like Bhaktivedanta's Swami Prabhupada in his purport, you know, in connection with that says, if you're 25 years old, you've been dying for 25 years. You know, every day is, is a dying moment. You see? You're shortening that lifespan that much, you know. And uh, so we you know, try to come to terms with this and every day just, you know, do what we've been told to do that will make it so we are preparing properly, you know. So we're always talking about chanting and so that's a daily event, you know, and it's not like you're walking around with fear of death all the time, you know, that's what it might sound like. You're just walking around just you know, oh, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I better do this, better do that. You know, right. it's a completely opposite of that. Yeah, it's inevitable, but what you're doing every day is fun, it's just meaning to life, it's fulfilling, you know, and in the background, you know, at the time of death, this is all going to be, you know, in my favor, you yeah. know, and, you know, it's it's what I want to do, but there's not like, walking around oh my god i'm going to die i might die today or oh, paranoia and you know stressed out no it's not that so it's, the only person who's you know not afraid of death is the person who's prepared see and so he's he's come to terms with that long ago you know and he knows yes so when it comes it's not a surprise It might be a surprise that it's going to happen in
0: three days. Yeah, like like, I I mean, our friend was young. She was, I don't know, like me or a little bit older maybe. But yeah, she's in her forties,
1: probably. Sure, her son is
0: sixteen. You know, so Mm. you could say,
1: you know, if she had her her child at, you know, twenty five or thirty, she was in that area. You know, forty six or, you know, forty or whatever but uh you know you might be a little surprised wow you know it's going to happen in 3 days but even then you know what to do okay i got to increase my chanting i got to you know just quit wasting time or getting being involved in so much of this external hoopla and you know go with the end i got to i got like short time here and i've known many of my friends who got you know, advance warnings. You know, and they just took it in stride, and you know, went went the route that they needed to go. And when the time came, it was fine. You know, That's, and uh, and people say, "Oh, you're not afraid of death." Well, you know, really, truthfully, I, I don't know until the time comes. You know, we don't. They say you don't know your strength till you meet. the soldier doesn't know his strength till he meets the enemy. You know, you can say, oh, I'm not afraid of that. I mean, I don't know. I can't tell you what my immediate emotion will be or feeling. But I, I know I know what, you know, the story is and what to do. And, you know, if if I'm as fortunate as as our friend, you know, there will be, you know, at least one other person there to help remind me of, you know, the truths that we know and, you know, help, you know, bring us in closer to our relationship with our spiritual master and krishna and, you know it'll be it'll be what it is you know but I, I nor you nor any of us who've had this education will go into it ignorant <laughs> you know, there's a lot no. of difference
0: but i guess that's again maybe because the preparation seems Maybe unnecessary, and maybe the preparation in itself is reminding you of the, of the fact that, I mean, you may not have the faith to know that something else is happening. There's a, I'm going to just read it. This is an English poet called Philip Larkin, who, who describes it, this, this fear of death in, in, in a poem. And he said that this is what we fear, no sight, no sound, no touch or taste or smell, nothing to think with, nothing to love or link with. The anesthetic from which none comes round, Aneith- an, anesthetic, anesthetic, maybe is that a word? I, anesthetic, well, whatever, <laughs> but yeah, we, you know, my. <laughs> my dad always says like what if i hadn't given birth to you you know how, how it would how, how would it be to not exist like you wouldn't you know <laughs> you should be thankful that you exist <laughs> thanks to me he says.
1: well that's all based yes. on this idea we're the body mm. and like this this poet says no sight no sound no touch no love no no nothing the void you know you just enter a void which is basically non-existence you know and really that's not how it is that's speculation but it's not right. reality your father said what if i hadn't given birth to you you wouldn't exist you existed before mm-hmm. you know all he did is just brought you the spirit soul who happened to be you know contained in that individual person's sperm into the womb of your mother and entered into the egg she was the incubator And, you know, the body developed around you. You were the life that made it so that material body could develop. And so you did exist already and you will exist, you know, eternally, whether it came through your, you know, biological father or through another biological father, whatever. You know, this is just... People who don't understand, how would you... You wouldn't exist if it wasn't for me. (laughs) Mm. Like, I'm God, you know. I made it so you exist. Mm. But the truth is, it's not true. (laughs) You know, we exist eternally. Your father existed eternally. His biological father didn't create him, you know. (laughs) And it's just on and on and on. So ignorance is not in our favor ever in any category, and especially in life and death. Ignorance is not our friend. You know, they say ignorance is bliss. Wrong, you know. You'll never reach bliss by the vehicle of ignorance. You know, because the nature of the soul is sat-chit-ananda, vigraha. Sat, eternal, chit, knowledge, ananda, spiritual bliss. That's our nature, spiritual bliss. That's where the bliss is, see. And you'll never achieve that in ignorance, you know. The, the, the real fruit is in knowledge. And that's our whole process. Learn these things. This is this is available. This is information that's absolute. It's not speculative. You read all these poets and, you know, various people who've come back after out-of-body experiences, you know, and they're describing what they saw and what they felt and so on. But it's all just speculative, and, and they're just saying, well, this was what happened to me. And another person will say, "Well, this is what happened to me." But I've yet to hear one of them actually recount it as it really is. You know, they weren't out of—they were out of their physical body. They were not in the spiritual world. They were still, you know, experiencing their attachments, you know, and their, you know, their, their time here wasn't over. Some people, like I recently heard mm-hmm. one person expound on it in, in a lot of detail. He was saying, I had no attachment, I had no understanding of of the loved ones I'd left behind and so on and so on. See, but I was told by an invisible voice or force when I was Mm -hmm. out there, and he described Mm -hmm. where he was, that this is temporary, you got to go back. Okay, so whatever the point is, he wasn't finished with his term in this body, karmically speaking. He still had time to do in this life, in this body he was in, and then he could move on, you see. So, you know, we're not in control. See, he couldn't control his not coming back. He really liked it where he was, you see. But he was told, you got to go back. So he wasn't in control of that situation. Or, you know, someone might You know, be told, you can't go back, but I want to go back. (laughs) You know, it can go either way, right? Mm -hmm. But the point is, we are not in control, but we think we are. But I can take control of my everyday activities. I can make decisions. That's the beauty of the human form. We can make choices. So I can make decisions every day what I will do with this day, see, I've got this body, I got this mind, I got this facility, I got you know this opportunity. What am I going to do with it? Mm-hmm. No. that I can do, so if I have knowledge, I can decide to do the best thing I can with the time for that day to advance me spiritually to gain more knowledge. See, I can study scripture, I can chant the mantras, I can try to use you know my talents or service in in some way that's gonna be pleasing to the lord and and make it so other people can have the opportunity to know that i've been given etc cetera, etc cetera.
0: Hmm. i i i read our one of our spiritual masters he, he was talking about this and he said that your consciousness determines your future the actions that you take in this life determine your consciousness yeah so you can we we have like you say we can we can actually Make the choice where we want to go where 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 which 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 destination do we want to reach and which consciousness do we then uh cultivate which actions do we do we engage in and what attachments do we have
3: yeah uh,
1: exactly so to a degree we are in control you know mm. but it's an individual decision to what i'm going to do with that control you know so in ignorance, and I think I'm the body, I'm gonna use my you know, my freedom of choice to decide to do things that are adverse to my real well being. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why we need, you know, like you said, this is from our spiritual master. We need a spiritual teacher, someone who is above the illusions and the you know, the tendency is to make mistakes and is not relying on imperfect senses and so on. To actually guide us, to tell us what we need to know. Mm-hmm. But we've got to be receptive to that.
3: You know,
1: that's, that's another point, you know, many times. We're not receptive to the information that we need to receive. But we're very receptive to garbage. (laughs) We're like open garbage pits. You know, just we'll receive it, we'll believe it, we'll embrace it, we'll propagate it, you know. But when it comes to the real important things in life, we're not receptive.
0: Is is that because we believe it's easier, or what's the reason that we do that?
1: Well, again, it's back to consciousness, you know. We've got an adverse reaction to the truth, you know, because, you know, we're covered, we're in illusion, we're contaminated. Mm. I mean, you've been on a, you know, clean diet for a long time, and so have I, and so you're receptive to information about food and what is good and what is not good and what's nutritious, and you're attracted to nutritious food,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you see. But a garbage eater, a person who likes junk food, is not attractive to healthy food. No. He's attracted to junk. You know, Like last week, we talked about alcohol from that you know, UK report. And yeah. you know, a person who knows this and has some understanding and intelligence is not attracted to alcohol. You know, he's yeah. he's he's got a different taste. He's 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 understanding this is an obstacle in what I'm trying to do with my life and et cetera, et cetera. But you know, most people are definitely attracted, you know. And they'll hate this report or they'll try to refute it and say, well, exactly. you know, it was biased or, you know, it, it's not really provable or whatever, whatever. Let I me mean, in other words, they're they're gonna spend a lot of time and energy debunking yeah. this information because it's in the way of what they're attracted to. It's it's a it's their consciousness that makes it so they're attracted to those things. And Another consciousness is not. So we gotta cultivate a higher consciousness who is adverse to lower
0: activities. And yeah.
1: you gotta start somewhere. You gotta do that. You know.
0: And Unless you wanna just make excuses and make like find find uh, things that will prove you at the point that you already have, or find people that say the things that you already believe and Yeah, Yeah,
1: (laughs) of course. But you've got to go beyond that. You know, you got to admit, I don't know. Maybe there's some information that I don't know. See, not based on my desires, not based on my, you know, addictions or whatever. You know, but based on. If it's contradictory completely to my desires and my addictions it could still be true, you know. It's not what I want to hear, but it's what I need to hear. Mm. And then that's higher, that's higher knowledge. But you got to start somewhere, you know, somewhere you have to begin a journey in a different direction.
0: (laughs) Because it's not going to change by itself, like it's not. Things are, it's not like society is helping us to talk about death. I mean, there's no, and and, and that's another interesting, you know, how, how do we then prepare and what is, what, what would be an ideal way to, in society to, to make it so that people can prepare in a, in a positive way for death? It's as it is now, it seems like that we don't, there's no, it doesn't help us to.
1: Well, society has to be run by people who want to help people understand before society is going to do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> if you're talking about leadership and, you know, yeah, the general to. trend and et cetera, et cetera, you know. Well, <laughs> so I don't think we can expect that to happen, you know. And it's, it's yeah. becoming more and more, you know, adverse to any kind of spiritual information about any aspect of life. Society in general is putting up a stone wall, you know, against religion and teachings and et cetera, et cetera, you know. And so we can't expect society to do it in general. We have to step out and be the individual who's the seeker, you know. And the the, the seeker, if he's serious, will be guided to the teacher, to the information, whether it comes from scripture, whether it comes from, you know, a bona fide spiritual master, whether it comes from somebody who's following these, these authoritative truths and, you know, has the ability to, to pass on this information. Just like our podcast, I mean, what are we doing here? <laughs> you know, this is not a popularity show. Certainly, for sure, we're not going to break any records here. But we're just hoping that a few people will be attracted to this information, whether they find us, you know, in one way or another way on the Internet. You know, somebody tells them about it, they see an ad somewhere, whatever. But when they come, if they're they're interested, if they're actually, you know, receptive or seeking this kind of information, then they'll find it worth listening to, worth looking at, worth spending time with us, you know. And most people aren't in that category, mm-hmm. you know. There, there, there's many other podcasts that, you know, are dealing with subject matter that would be much more attractive.
0: So yeah, that's very true, and <laughs>
3: you
1: know, so you know, we've just got to find the right people. And, and uh, the right right information and and learn it and and apply it and you know that's that's the only individual solution. As expecting society to do it, no way. It's, it's just not going to happen. This is Kali Yuga.
0: You know? All right, and we talked about that before. We talked about yeah. Kali
1: Yuga a couple of different podcasts yeah. and. This is the age when, when irreligion is on the rise and religion is, you know, declining sharply and quickly. It's almost in freefall, you know. So, and even the religious, you know, institutions, so to speak, you know, more and more promoting, you know, spirituality as a way to gain material, you know, advanced positions or
0: and i guess they have to because that's what people want to hear that's what you, they get followers from and they're dependent on the followers who have the money to run their whatever organizations buildings yeah and. yeah more followers
1: and you know so <clears throat> that's what they want they want to you know get more material benefit and they they have a ready audience that you know if you pray if you do this you do that you become a good you know, Christian or whatever they're promoting, you know, God will give you good material results.
3: It's
1: like in the Vedas, you know, the the demigod Lord Shiva, you know, a lot of people worship Lord Shiva because he's very easily pleased. In the Vedas, it, it describes how to worship Lord Shiva properly. And he's quick to give material benefits, you see. So that's what they want. There's a lot of followers of Lord Shiva because, you know, he's, you know, ready to award material benedictions.
3: Hmm.
1: Durga Devi, the same, you know. You know, she's the same. Many people, you know, worship Durga Devi, you know, because of material results that they can get. So they're just materialists using, you know, ritual, you know, we'll call it... It's not not the spiritual practices that we are talking about, but spirituality, religiosity is the best word to use for material gain. You know, he said there's three goals in life for most people. You know, religiosity, economic development, and sense gratification. You know, well, the religiosity has basically been eliminated already. But let's just say, you know, you worship, you know, in your religiosity you know, the certain demigod, Lord Shiva, Durga Devi, you perform your sacrifices, your rituals, your offerings, your prayers, your mantras, whatever, according to who you're worshiping, see? So that's your religious performance. Mm -hmm. But the goal is for economic development, see? Because now this, this demigod is pleased with your, you know, offerings and worship and so on, so... Therefore, you're awarded economic development. Why do you want economic development for sense gratification? Let's okay. see, so you can enjoy more and more sensual pleasures, and basically, that's that's the category that almost everyone is in. But like I say, now we've taken out the religiosity, and it's just economic development and sense gratification.
0: But see? but but that's not how society should be. I mean, you're, you're saying like this—that's. That that's just what it is, but that's not the ideal case, or or how is the ideal case then run, or what's the ideal? No, no,
1: it's not the ideal case, but that's available for people who have this consciousness. This is where they are in their conscious evolution. Yeah. See, so by following these Vedicly prescribed rituals, rules, regulations, performing their religious practices, that's following this authority. So in, in its own way, it's purifying. It's understanding I need to worship somebody else higher above me. There's this personality right. Right. above me who controls my destiny.
0: Exactly.
1: So if yeah. I want good material gain, then I've got to please this person. So it's making it so I'm subordinate to a higher authority, and I have to live my life in a pleasing way to get what I want. So that's an advanced consciousness in and of itself, see? Then they get the economic development, and then they, you know, can also have the sense gratification. And after this going on, going on, going on, you know, many times they finally come to the conclusion, well, this doesn't make me happy. I'm kind of burned out on all this. So Mm -hmm. then the next step is liberation. I want liberation. From all this, so it's really taken them, you know, to a point where, you know, I understand the sense gratification doesn't work. So now they want to be free of all of this. So therefore, they're thinking now on leaving this whole dimension behind, liberated. They might, you know, renounce the world, take to an order of life called sannyas, or, you know becoming, you know, an austere yogi or whatever their next step might be to achieve some kind of liberation, you see. And usually their liberation is just negation of the negative, you know, be done with all the anxieties and frustrations and the material overload and whatever, yeah. you see. But it's it's a higher level, you see. Now they're, you know, moving away from the sensualism. Sensualism. And- You know, overload, you know, and then, so it's it's just a gradual evolution of consciousness. And, you know, then at some point, they might meet a true teacher who tells them, yes, all this is good, but the liberation you're seeking, which is just freedom and negation of the negative and all that, you know, is not good enough. You the spirit soul need positive spiritual pleasure and then he can lead them, you know, to bhakti yoga. And how many lifetimes on this wheel it's going to take before they come to that stage? That's that's how long it takes. You know, wow. It could take, you know, hundreds, thousands of lifetimes.
0: Who knows? Well, in, in different life forms as well, or just in the human life form?
1: No. It, it, well, you got to be in a human form. But you're mm. using your human life under guidance, authoritative, you know, yeah, yeah. guidance yeah, and so exactly. on. So you're you're qualifying along the way, and even the sense of gratification. If you're in this category, you see, of of following, you know, a higher authority, that's under regulation mm-hmm. as well. See, so it's not just wanton, degraded, you know, let the senses run wild. It's under regulation as well, you know. And like they the may rings. they may go to higher heavenly planets, whatever. See, so it's it's an orchestrated—I no, won't say orchestrated—it's a calculated process of evolution of consciousness, given by the Supreme Lord. Because a person's where they're at. If if they're down here somewhere, they're not going to be attracted to the higher levels.
0: Yeah, you see,
1: yeah. you have to, you know, speak to the the audience of where they're at
0: that's that's amazing that the, the, that reminds me of the section in bhagavad-gita that talks about I, I guess you uh can't remember where it is but you you know where he's krishna is speaking about like first the knowledge and then second like are or, or you first you you work you, you do your duty how is it and second you not just do your duty but you oh yeah exactly Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you you renounce
1: right. the fruits of your action, you do your duty, you renounce the fruits of your action, right. you know, and then gradually you're doing it for the pleasure of the Supreme Lord and, you know, so it's an evolution. And in the 12th chapter, you know, devotional service, it talks about different, you know, steps. Okay, the best is full focus on you know, and a constant remembrance of it. loving devotion to the Supreme Lord. That's the highest level of consciousness. That's perfect. But if you can't do that, then follow the regulated principles of bhakti yoga and you will develop a desire to know me. But if you can't do that, you see, then, you know, support those people with your fruits of your labor who are spreading this teaching. And if you can't do that, You know, not everybody's going to do that. Then do some charity work, some welfare work, you know. And if you can't do that, and it just goes down, okay, do this is the best, but you can't, okay. And it just works down, down until you find in that list something you might can do,
0: (laughs) you know. And then this kind of starts
1: bringing you up, 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 you know. Renounce the fruits of your action, you know, meditation so on in the list of suggested activities there's something that maybe you can say well yeah i can do that
0: but 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 the core and all those processes and kind of like the red what do you call it i don't know if you call it the, the the main thread or the red thread they say in swedish and Norwegian, like uh, it's like you're accepting a higher authority would that be correct
1: See so like the giving and charity idea you know doing welfare work giving your time and energy to help somebody else it's basically not god you're not you know connected with god here you're just fellow man kind of thing you know it could even be you know the animals or whatever but it's taking you outside yourself because we're so i me mine conscious everything is for me see but this is taking us outside of that to Thinking about somebody else, or so how about their discomfort? How about their needs? What can I do to help them? You know, so that's elevating. That's that's expanding our consciousness from just everything is about me to I'm thinking of somebody else, and then that brings us to an, a level of receptivity for something higher. And then again, that's, that's making me receptive to another uh, avenue of advancement. Yeah. And gradually, you know, I come to the point where, yes, I must live my life in service to the Supreme Lord, and the highest welfare work I can do for others is to give them this knowledge, you know, to help them, the spirit soul, you know, in their journey yeah. to, to you know, knowledge and, and freedom from illusion. Yeah. And... Uh, so, yeah, the the whole Vedic system is ultimately geared toward bringing a person to their constitutional position of loving service to God. But it might take lifetimes and lifetimes, you know, performing all these different rules and rituals and regulations and, you know, gaining a little bit here and there in another lifetime and moving forward, moving forward. But it's, it's, it's an evolution. And we look at everything as one lifetime. Let
0: Yeah, and but that's it's so hard for the mind to relate to, which is again, I think, like you.
1: It is if you if if you're yeah. just looking at it from the the point of view that we have now. But the more you study this truth, you know, then the more you started saying it, it becomes more and more feasible reality.
3: Yeah, I see. see.
1: Just then, like. You know, or, or this is kind of off off the subject, but it's not. UFOs, you know, that was just thought like, oh, come on, man. UFOs are just like somebody's dream or you just saw some phenomenon and, you know, you just speculated. But now it's becoming like, you know, documented evidence and so on. And so now more and more people are accepting the reality of, yeah, you know, probably so. Yeah. There probably there really are UFOs you know, but if you backed up 50 years, you know, it was like, come on, you guys are dreaming. Yeah. So it's the more you hear things, then the more you become receptive to it, you see. It right. becomes, yeah, I can, I can begin to envision that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So...
0: Yeah, I think this is like, a, yeah, I just <laughs> Re- re- remember about, remember that wasn't that a i think a u.s military report i think that's what i remember like a few days ago that 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 couldn't confirm or or couldn't confirm but also couldn't rule out alien spacecraft
1: yeah and again if you know the vedas there's life on every planet and much much more advanced than on earth planet and they can travel interplanetary travel, no problem. They got, you know, abilities to do that either mystically or, you know, with devices of the far advanced and whatever. See, and you know, so when you know when I heard about UFOs after studying the these Vedic teachings, I was sure, <laughs> of course. You know, and I've no you know personally seen a couple yeah. phenomena which you know wasn't you know like you know Boeing 747 from United Airlines flying over, you know, and uh, you know it was interesting, but it was like you know it wasn't like or it couldn't be. it's like, yeah, and it <laughs> describes in the Vedas that the demigods you know used to visit planet Earth regularly. You know, now the things are so, you know, on you know, so
0: hedonistic and
1: you know things are as so degraded that they don't bother to come here anymore.
0: Yeah, well, well what would they do here? That's yeah, why well, come
1: here? But when Maharaj Judas there, Maharaj Prichit and so on were the kings, they used to visit on a regular basis. You know, um, when Lord Goranga was here, they came to see him often. You know, so you know all these things that we think couldn't be it's just for other people it's normal Mm, it's normal it's not like some wow
3: Mm.
0: no and it's also just normal in the sense that you don't have your whole life focusing on it it's just okay well like ufos that's not it's it's explainable there are life there is life all over universe. No no problem,
3: you
1: know. <laughs> yeah. But it's, okay. that's not gonna help you at the time that's of not. death. No. You know, <laughs> exactly. so in our Bhakti Yoga process we yeah, focus yeah. on, you know, our relationship with the Supreme Lord and you know, using every day not to speculate about UFOs, but to you know <laughs> to actually try to to re you know kindle and, and improve our relationship with the Supreme Lord, you know, who's without and within. He's in our heart. He's present in every atom. He's, you know, in, in his abode in the spiritual world, et cetera, all simultaneously. And it's, you know. it's just, you know, common information for us who have, you know, studied this for a long time and accept it and the more you chant the more it's not you just study it it's just like it becomes a reality you know it's like mm. the questions and doubts they're not even there you don't even doubt this at all mm. it's just like you know it's true and so it's it's different different consciousness again back to consciousness so if we if we have this Type of consciousness when our time to leave our body arrives, will be fine. But it's not going to no. happen overnight.
0: <laughs> no, and another thing is standing on the side and seeing, like, <laughs> I just have you know, being a friend leave is, is is also, but like the, what happens before? I mean, how? There's a friend of mine who is, I see. She has a lot, a lot of grudges, and she's getting older, and she grudges a lot of things—big, big, big things, you know. And I, I, I remember. Uh, well, I remember the Lord's Prayer because I used to, you know, follow the Christian teaching, and, and they say, "Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us." And I think that's a, like, again isn't that another extension of you have to realize how small you are to be able to to pass the test like how insignificant or how powerless you are but if you know if you at the same time hold anger at someone else and you know how can you how can you feel that way and then you know standing on the side and trying to help this person that's that's difficult for me you know to what, what how how we can help a person prepare. It's...
1: Yeah, it's, it's difficult. And that that part of the Lord's Prayer is, you know, we ask, I mean, in that prayer, Jesus said we should ask God to forgive us as we forgive those who trespass us. against us. Right. In other words, but if I don't forgive them, then how can I expect God to forgive me? You know that—that's you know okay. the point. I want God to forgive me, but I refuse to forgive these people. So Jesus said, "No, forgive me as I forgive them." So if I want God to forgive me, I also have to forgive them.
0: But because Jesus, this was a, wasn't this the last thing that Jesus said as well before he left his body, if I remember right, that he said like, "If I have, if I've hurt anyone or done any fault to like made anyone." you know, some fault, and please forgive me for my... I think
3: that's...
1: Yeah, and forgive them who are persecuting me. Right, right. Forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. You know, they don't know who I am, that I'm your dear, you know, servant and son. You know, they don't know how great an offense it is to to do this to your dear devotee, see. They don't know; they're in ignorance. So forgive them for this atrocity that they're committing.
0: As I beg for your forgiveness, this is exactly this quote that's from the Lord's Prayer. So,
1: so. so to the end, when everything was was in favor of Jesus being angry at these people, falsely accused, falsely yeah. persecuted, even by his so-called own people although he didn't see them that way at all but the jews were actually the one who who actually demanded that he be you know crucified you know the romans basically they didn't want anything to with it you you know that's why they kind of opened it up to to what do you guys want to do because it's not our problem and he's you know this is a conflict between you guys not us we're just you know kind of like the the rulers here who are keeping law and order You know, and so anyway, the crowd said, "Crucify him." So anyway, falsely accused, falsely, you know, punished, and falsely, you know, crucified. So he had every reason to be angry, but because of his love for God and his love for everyone, he prayed to God, "Please forgive them. They just don't know what they're doing. They're ignorant. The Roman soldiers, definitely, they don't know what they're doing." You know, they were basically atheists. I mean, they didn't follow any religious teachings at all, you know, although they did, you know, in those those days, those soldiers and leaders and so on, again, they knew everything is, that's where they had all the gods, like the Greek gods and so on. You know, everything was the will of the gods. You know, if it's the will of the gods, this will happen and... If the gods will, if it's the gods, not God, not a supreme person, yeah. but yeah, very, yeah. the many gods who rule different aspects of life, right. you know, so they, in one way, were they were demigod worshippers. They had some, some feeling of respect toward, you know, the gods. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the point still being, you know, they they were ignorant, and Jesus said, "Forgive them." So he was forgiving to the end. That's love for Mm. God. Absolute, unconditional forgiveness. Mm. And the heart can actually rest easy when we forgive. But when we carry grudges, like you're referring to your friend, the heart is always bound in envy and anger and, you know, hate and revenge, you know, jealousy. And uh, that just... Destroys us from the inside.
0: Yeah, and how how are you gonna, yeah, leave the world in that condition? Doesn't feel like
3: it's, it's
1: not a good future. Yeah, so I don't know how what your relationship is with that friend of yours, but you know, sometimes it's not bad just to speak the truth. Yeah. You know, if they accept it, they do. If they don't, what have you lost, you know? Even if you quit being their friend, you tried, yeah. you know. <laughs> you're not much of a friend if speaking to them for their own good makes it so you're no longer their friend. It's really the friendship was pretty shallow, you know. That's true. So that's sometimes true. you just got to step up and say what needs to be said in a way that that's, you know, as palatable as it can be. Yeah, you know, and yeah. Because if nobody speaks the truth, then whoever hears the truth, you know, that's is this is a problem today. Who's speaking the truth? If nobody's speaking it, nobody's hearing it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And uh, many people are speaking loudly about a lot of things, but what they're speaking about is not the truth that we're talking about, you know. And, uh, and, and you know, some people are coming to a point where they're ready to hear more. I mean, <laughs> these dire times can have have an effect in one of two ways. It can just take everybody down or it can make some people just look for a solution. here. I want to hear another story. This story is not a story I want to hear. <laughs> and uh, you know, so that's uh, that's a few people that are in that category. Well.
0: There, there there was an article that I read about. I mean, and and I think just to say that I think this topic is for forgiveness is one that we could probably come back to one one more time to to talk about it. It's an important topic, but there was an article i read about muhammad ali when he was leaving this world think, like five years five years ago and he said you reminded me about that he said i think maybe my parkinson's disease is god's way of reminding me what is important you know <laughs> that was you know like, wow
1: <laughs> See, so then, he had some some basis he had something he to to speak from
0: yeah, he's, he said, because it, this news article, they said, Ali's daughter, Hannah, last night described her father's final moments. And she says, we all tried to stay strong and whispered in his ear, you can go now, we will be okay, we love you, thank you, you can go back to God now. All of us were hugging and kissing him and holding his hands, chanting the Islamic prayer. Yeah, great. Wow.
3: Yeah.
1: Beautiful. See, that's that's what we're talking about.
0: <laughs> Not grasping on it. <laughs> Don't believe What are you doing? <laughs> no, we'll be okay. You can go. We'll, we'll be okay.
1: Yeah, there's some understanding there.
3: You know? Yeah.
1: And all of us are going to be on both sides of that story. That one... With somebody who's leaving or the one leaving, you know. Sooner or later. We're gonna be on on that on both of those sides, most likely.
3: Yeah.
1: So the more we deal with it correctly, the better it is.
0: What's the uh... Yeah, I was just gonna say, what's what's the one thing, like, if if anything, we should cultivate to and and remember to try to prepare ourselves for this moment. And
1: we're spirit souls, and as spirit souls, we need spiritual food, and the food of all foods for the soul is the transcendental sounds, the mantras, this information. But every day, chant the mantras. That's the one thing above all things. There is nothing close to that. You know, that is the epitome of, of life, is the, the holy names. That's what anybody can do. You know, You don't have to join something, you don't have to declare your allegiance to anything. You can just chant every day. And that will have an amazing effect. Yeah. And so if you chant every day, when that last day comes, you can still chant. You'll be chanting. You've done that. You've chanted every day. Or let's just say frequently. I mean, maybe not every day, but that's, of course, the best. Then at that moment, you know, that last day, that's what you do. That's that's your routine. You've already done that. I think next week we're going to talk maybe something about habits.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh,
1: so that being said, we should chant. Yeah. And when are you going to have your little concert? Yeah, I remember you told me last week, <laughs>
0: uh, uh, I need to speak to Janne because she is at work normally on Mondays. This is mm. middle of the day for us, but well if we're gonna meet next week then she's not gonna be on work next week so we can we can speak about it
1: but next week we won't have a a oh, okay. monday event. okay
0: okay
3: yeah <laughs> it's just <laughs> so, not but yeah, maybe uh, yeah.
1: yeah yeah i don't know we'll work it out somehow maybe
0: yeah somehow maybe <laughs> <laughs> now we'll, we'll i'll i'll find some time for that maybe we could actually yeah yeah.
1: record something
0: no i was going to say do it at the Ah, uh, now i have to think about it
1: anyway for now let's chant
0: yeah <laughs> that's the one thing we have to think about now And the, <laughs> the most important
1: and the uh, uh the mantra is the mantra that we always use it's you know Hari haribo is that the only mantra? No. This is but it's simple, it's easy. And if you're tuning in on a regular basis, it becomes familiar. You know, and you don't have to think about it. You can just relax and chant.
0: Regular habits are is, is good for us.
3: Yeah.
2: Arepo, po corangare po Ga ga guranga rive Arrivo con guranga Ang <laughs>
1: Ending with the Sankratan is always nice. Awesome. (laughs)
3: Yeah.
1: Okay, so thank you everyone for joining us. And we'll be back next, no, next week. Yeah. You'll see us when you see us. (laughs)
0: Put it like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You'll see us when you see us. Good. Thank you, Valakia.
3: Yeah.
1: Thank you, and I bow to all the family there. Yeah. And we thank our Chintamani team for their participation, always ready to take part and, you know, help promote what we're doing. Flav was twisting the dials and making it happen. So, yeah. So, Ruben, thank you, and uh, we'll be in touch. Yeah.
0: Yep. Habits. Mm-hmm. Looking forward. Yeah. To yeah that's it. the next
1: one Habits. <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Looks> like. <laughs>
1: all right namaste
0: <laughs> Namaste, adibol so we hope this was useful to you and uh, if it was then feel free to leave a review or a comment on facebook or your podcast listening platform so that other people can get inspired to listen in as well and um, make sure to sign up for our email list if you'd like to get updates on upcoming episodes and If you'd like to contribute and help us uh, run the podcast with our costs, then we do have a uh, mini donation-based platform called Patreon, where you can uh, find that. So uh, all that is available on our website, breakingtrail.life. I'm looking forward to see you soon again. So again, thank you for joining today and have a great day. Remember, stay true to yourself and dare... To break trail.